drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. If I saved all the money I spent on beer, I'd spend it on beer. That from someone named Earl Dibbles Jr. Sounds very country. <laughs> that sounds very country. He sounds like he might be someone who you know plays banjo on Rocky Top or sings Rocky Top <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, he seems like someone that would have been in an episode of Justified or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He sounds like someone that might have been on Hee Haw back in the day. Yeah, that's true. Or old Dibbles Jr. <laughs> might have been on Petticoat Junction, maybe. Or maybe maybe some character on King of the Hill or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely definitely a King <laughs> of the Hill character. Yeah. Uh, do you think if, uh, I mean, we both acknowledge that we spend a lot of money on beer. Sure. Um, and You're the other... rich man in this category, in this group. <laughs> okay, so. sure. Uh, uh, sure, a guy who got, just got himself a new deck and a whole new living room suite of furniture. We we painted the existing deck that does not count. And you as just got a whole a new, deck. new living room suite, and you have yet to have a handcrafted recliner coming to your living room very soon. <laughs> well, you have new furniture and a new yeah, AC unit. My new furniture is your hand me down coffee <laughs> table that I just got today. Not that well, that's you did get that, but you also got new living room furniture. And what? you have fifty TVs in this house. You have a new AC unit. You're the rich man. You that's have true. two. You have a second story, which I do not have. <laughs> that's true. I also so. have three nest units. <laughs> Look in at this, this house. And one is a second gen. I have the one, one is second gen. I have true. one first gen nest. I have three A seasons in this house. It's amazing. <laughs> We're living in such a lap of luxury. So we've established that you're the rich man. So <laughs> would you spend your fortune? <laughs> <laughs> All the money I've wasted on alcohol, would I repeat it? Uh, most of the time, I probably would. I yes. would too. There are some select cases in my mid 20s that I would definitely like to reverse the whip on. Uh, maybe my. There's a lot of things in our mid 20s we would like to reverse. Maybe the uh, 35th birthday that involved the. <laughs> Ambulance being called. Uh, you would have saved the buttery nipple money the for bu- something the else. The butter nipple money. Yeah. Waking up on the concrete floor of my house, not yeah. knowing how I got there. Yeah. I would probably like to take back that money, sure. Oh, I know how you got there. Uh, oh, I know. Because Everybody- I held you against the door as you would scream at me. <laughs> Everybody else knows how I got there. I just don't know how I got there. Uh, I had an up-close and personal encounter with you. Would I save the shame of walk of having to go to the old crow and retrieve my credit card the next day? Yes, I would. Yeah. Most of the time, though, I would say alcohol yeah. has provided more sure. of a benefit than, yeah. uh, than, you know, something I would like to take back. What's yeah. the, whatever the sure. opposite of a benefit is that I can't think of right now because alcohol is affecting <laughs> my brain. That's uh, what it is. An anti-benefit. Anti-benefit. Exactly. <laughs> anti-benefit. Yes. Um, so, so let's talk about uh, modern times. In the news today, Mark. Talking about now, news. What's something we've covered several times on this podcast? It is breweries selling out to big beer, right? Ah, we've, t- we've, t- we've had that uh, discussion many times. The, time. the uh, constant refrain lately. People may be like, can you quit talking about that? Hmm. But we're going to keep no, talking about it because that. it keeps happening. Nobody said it that. happened with Rate Beer. It happened with several other breweries. Yeah. But I would say this one, uh, this is actually a, a good story. The Modern Times story is actually a good story. Never had a Modern Times beer, but I hear nothing but good things. I don't know anything about them. Uh, all I know is they seem to be a brewery that people looked at and said, this is a brewery that has been handcrafted to be able to be sold. Uh, something along the, yeah, exactly. Uh, something along the lines of Golden Road, uh, Blue Point, Tin Barrel, all of these, which, by the way, those, uh, not uh, Golden Road, but Blue Point and Tin Barrel, uh, and a couple of the ones I believe Elysian, uh, They've become so generic that Kroger has an IPA select variety pack that nice. has all of their fruity beers that they've created and put them all together in, in a, uh, I don't know how many it is, maybe 24 packs, something along those lines. Yeah. 
Does that mean they suck now? No, not necessarily. But uh, it is. that's that's just proof that when you sell out, you get that exposure that well, they always talk about. It is funny, and we'll get to back to modern times in a second. But uh, the the rape beer, I'm sorry, not the rape beer, the uh, the independent craft beer label that the uh, Brewers Association wants to put on truly independent craft beers. Mm-hmm. Um, the craft beer portfolio, I forget their name right now, of ABI that owns Ten Barrel and Blue Point and Golden Road. They had they put together a video in response to this this symbol being put on craft beer. Right. Look, we need to team up against wine and liquor because they're invading our market share. We don't need to be fighting amongst ourselves. And then they're also conversely saying at the same time, one of the guys from I think it was from um, Ten Barrel was saying, uh, "Oh, here's the Brewers Association again trying to tell the consumer what to drink instead of letting them decide for themselves." <clears throat> that is not at all what it's they're like. Doing. Come on, guys! Like, yeah. ah, it's such a that is not at all what but that's, doing. that doesn't pertain to the story. But <clears throat> well, and yeah, if you just want to talk about teaming up against uh, wine and liquor, there's no better place to do that than Texas. Yeah, because oh, Texas God. has the worst beer laws probably in the country, uh, and they're they're very ridiculous. Uh, so th- there's a lot of information in this uh, Market Watch article uh, that that pertains to this particular uh, discussion. But the long and short of it is, modern times has grown to the point where. Uh, the big breweries like ABN, Bev, or Miller Coors, or whoever, they're big enough now with enough dis- distribution that they would be willing to purchase them and would probably look to purchase them. Right. So Modern Times, to kind of head that off for the time being, has said, instead of doing that, let's actually sell shares of this brewery back to our uh, back to our workers. So the workers have voting rights. They have shares. Uh, they can actually sell the shares that they want to to other people or, or what have you. Uh, Modern Times, to their... To their credit for being 100% honest, they said this doesn't necessarily mean they're never going to sell out, but they wanted to make this stepping stone and actually give a little something back to the employees that have been with them since they, you know, since they were nothing, or, I mean, I guess probably even if you're a new employee, you get that, but the employees that have sure been have with to, them as they're independent. I'm sure you have to be vested for a while before you get right. that. Right. But they're basically trying to reward the employees. Yeah, they're sure. Try, they're trying to keep it independent uh, while still, well... It's unique. It's a unique uh, way to keep it independent without uh, selling out to a big a big beer company. I think. And other companies have done this to shoots, New Belgium, Harpoon, uh, Left Hand, and uh, I think it was Full Sail also have done this in the right. past. So, what do you think of that, Mark? I, I, think, I think it's, it's cool. I think it's. Really I think it's cool. cool and innovative too. It's a cool idea. It doesn't mean, of course, that they will never sell out. That the the employees. Um, I don't. I didn't read all this article. I, I don't know who retains controlling shares of that, but. Uh, doesn't mean they'll never sell out, but... It's, uh, the owners do for now, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it may be one of those plans, like, maybe as they get older, they'll eventually cede more shares to the employees until it becomes a fully, you know, private... Or how do you, how do you describe that? A private stock company that's... There's a board and all that. Yeah. You know, you're more of a financial mind than I am. Well, you're the rich uh, one. You are the Wolf of Wall Street of this, of this <laughs> podcast, so... Right. But you know what I mean? It's a, There's, like, a full board that controls the direction sure, of the company. Right. I, there's money terms in there that I don't know. Um but I think it's really cool. And I, I, you know, my own company went through this recently where uh, the, I have, the company I worked for for about 10 years um, recently decided to merge with our Basically partner. a multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. A small consulting company, tech consulting <laughs> company, uh, merged with our partners in San Diego, or I'm sorry, in uh, Hawaii. And uh, they decided that they both want to retire eventually. And so they gave the senior employees uh stock in the company eventually they were over time they'll see more stock to all of us as time goes by according to their own hoils of course sure. according to their own schedule um, but if we have some stake in the company which you know 
is somewhat of a motivational thing in and of itself. Yeah, that makes sense. It's Absolutely. cool. I mean, it it uh, it's definitely makes you feel like you have something vested in that company. You want to continue to see it succeed and um, pride in your product. Um, and yeah. I've heard again nothing but good things about Modern Times. Haven't had one of their beers, but uh, by all accounts, they make damn fine products. But to have the employees continue to be vested in that emotionally yeah. is nothing but a good thing. You know, it, it kind of goes back to, and this is kind of a goofy reference, but I think it kind of applies. When the Bobs are sitting down with Ron Livingston, Peter, right. in office space, and they mention, do you think you'd be more motivated? Because Peter goes and says, you know, if I ship a, f- a few more units and Intertech makes more money, yeah. uh, it doesn't really do anything for me. And they said, what about some kind of employee vesture, you know, investment type plan where you guys are invested in the actual company? He's like, I don't know, I guess. You know, they're doing yeah. that for comedy relief. But there is some truth to that because... My company is a large uh, conglomerate. Right. Um, if I do X, Y, Z, it doesn't matter to me personally. It's what it, I mean, you want to do a decent job so you don't get fired, kind of like he talked about. But if you actually have some vested interest in the particulars of your day-to-day life sure. and your day-to-day work, I think that makes a, that makes a big difference. Plus, it's just kind of nice to see somebody not just take the money and run from one of the big guys for once, even if they do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're putting it off is kind of nice. They're trying, yeah. I mean, frankly, not having that, getting screwed out of that, is what drove me away from JC Penney. I worked for JC Penney for, and this is the early aughts. I worked from there from two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand one. It was right after. Just actually, it started a couple days before uh, September 11, two thousand one, and lasted for seven years. And I finally left there because they screwed me out of my stock options. Yeah. Because I finally got to a point. I'd been there for seven years. I had just gotten promoted the year before, and uh, they re- decided to, re- to reorg the chart. A new guy came in from Southwest to be the CTO, decided to reorg <laughs> the chart from you know, 100-plus positions in, in the IT uh, area down to, let's say, 35, some arbitrary right. number. And I got put on the same level as a college graduate, literally a guy named <laughs> who's one of the worst people I've ever worked with. Much like... Yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> and uh, I got put on the same level as him, except I was, you know, making more money because I've been there a long time. And but I, I said, I said, this is where I should be according to HR. I should have stock options at this point. I should be at this level. I should be at this pay scale. And they said, well, you just got promoted. And I said, yeah, but that was before the reorg. And they said, well, maybe we'll take a look again. And this is before I had again, like much like uh, Office Space, I had three managers that I right. talked to. I had a meeting with them. And they said, well, maybe we'll take a look again in, you know, two to three years. Yeah. I'm like, two to three years? Two to three years. Yeah. And I, I, again, I gave them ulti- I gave them multiple chances to, to yeah. rectify the situation. They didn't. So I, you know, the next day after that meeting, I turned in my two weeks and I was gone. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to provide those things, especially guys, people work there for a long time. And especially the bigger places, it should be more important than it is. It's not. But. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, smaller smaller places like breweries, smaller employee bases like breweries, and small consulting firms like my own. Yeah, it's nice to see. It definitely gives you more incentive to not necessarily go for the the brass ring of more pay that right. you can take. You can turn around and invest more of your time and emotional uh, stock. And like I say, it's just nice to see somebody not just automatically go going, yeah. for the sellout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, good on you, Modern Times. Yes. Uh, that's that's really really cool, and uh, I mean, good on them for trying at least to right. withstand a sell. Well, and good on you for being honest to say honest you don't know that you won't eventually yeah. sell, but you're trying something. But you're new. trying, and yeah. look, I mean, if they sell out and all those employees get a nice payday, well, 
I can't blame them. At least they're invested too. At least they're invested. They, and they, at least out, they get to make the decision. Right. Like absolutely. They, yeah. I mean, in theory, they get to make part of well, the decision. Well, but so. they at least get a, a chunk of it when it happens. And they'll get, yeah, a piece. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, as we do just about every year uh, since we started the show, it's been three years esque. Is this um, the most reviewed brewery we've done? It's, it's got to be up there. It's them or Rogue. Yeah, I think One it's One because we've done the Rogue Lemon Cruller, we've done the, the Chocolate uh, Stout, we did the Rogue Pumpkin Stout, and uh, we've done. Two or three other Omegon Game of Thrones beers. We've done two at least. We've done two at least. Episode nine and episode. 29. And the one we're most famous for, uh, when the same episode article nine. in which uh, we were mentioned along with President Obama. Yep. Um, back before this disaster fire of a presidency, uh, we uh, we're going to take them the latest Omegon Game of Thrones beer, the Bend the Knee, from sensibly from Omegon, yeah. Hey guys, Josh here, just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain, that no matter when you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you're eating, what you're drinking. We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, streaming live video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend, Thursday at noon, liquidlunchshow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. Gong Brewery, old pal, old friend. <laughs> old Here we game. are again. Here we are again. With, oddly enough, a brewery that produces a style of beer that we don't normally go for. No? Well, at least in this, I mean, yeah, they're more Belgian-inspired, and this whole series is more European, Belgian-inspired than we like to go for. <laughs> they were started up for the whole intent of being Belgian farmhouse sales. But I feel like, since President Obama himself called on us to uh, take on this beer... He did. That we have to continue the tradition every year. As Mark Marin did too. We just punched him in the face. Yeah, that was before he was on Glow. So yeah, who cares? Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, so we've done this every year. It's a, it's a tradition for us every time a Game of Thrones season comes out. HBO has three spinoffs planned currently uh, for Game of Thrones, so we may be doing this for a long time. <laughs> we'll see how long it goes. Yeah, that's true. We might. So Omegon, we've done... If Omegon keeps up beers for all those spinoffs, which I don't know why they wouldn't. They might. But they might not. They but might. I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, I hope they do. I hope they end up doing one based on the Targaryens, uh, at least maybe maybe before the Civil War. There's a few um, prequels they could definitely do that would yeah. be awesome. Anytime during the Age of Dragons and things like that. Well, you know, if we could awesome. get like a, a full show about Ned Stark, wouldn't be bad. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you know, they got they got plenty of material. Hopefully, it'd be more like a CW show, like Ned Stark, the Teen Years. I don't want to wait tonight. On Game of Thrones, Stark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, Omegong, is, is this a brewery? Ned, I'm trapped in the tower. <laughs> what will you come do for me? Will you save me, Ned? <laughs> I don't know, Elisa. I've got AIDS. <laughs> exactly. And he shoots AIDS out of the tower. We got it. So is this That's a brewery? a very local reference. By it way. is. It is. It's very local. Extreme. Hyper-local. Is this a brewery you ever go for outside of Game of outside Thrones? Outside of Game of Thrones? No. Me neither. No, because they're, they're so Belgian. I would, yeah. I would put my hand up, like, you know, a shorty that's trying to punch me, and I just put my arm out. And Much they, like Beyonce. You and they put your hand swing. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, They swing oh. at me, and they just can't touch me. <laughs> that's what I do with Omegong. I'm like, no. I would never touch any of these beers. Although, I will say, and we, you could go back and listen to our uh, Armageddon uh, review in Episode 9. And whatever we did in 49, I don't remember. But if you go back and listen to those, um, you know, we've had some hit or misses with, with their previous beers sure. that have been related to Game of Thrones. They actually had a red ale that was pretty good that yeah. was related to Game of Thrones. The Fire and the Blood? Yeah. That was a damn good beer. When they get away from just doing their Belgian roots, they, they can do some okay The Hoppy things. Blonde, I think, was the last one we did. It was I Hoppy Blonde right. or Hoppy Wheat. I remember we didn't care for that. They yeah, take, I think that's right. They take the Black Stout that uh, President Obama demanded we do. Uh, it was okay. And I thought the, it was Armageddon that we did in episode nine. I can't remember. It was either nine or forty nine. We did that. I one. think the it was either Three Eyed Raven or the or the Take the Black Stout. I can't remember which. Okay, but I think it was Three Eyed Raven. Yeah, I'm Three Eyed Raven. Positive. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the the I think the Fire in the Blood was definitely the best one so far. Did we do the uh, Valor Margul- Margulis? Not for this show. Okay, we missed that one then. Yeah. All right. That might have been the year they released two. I think they released two last year. Yeah. They released the Hoppy Blonde or Hoppy Wheat Ale, and we decided to go for that one instead. Right. So just to kind of go over some of their top beers for people that are big fans of Omegon, uh, they have the Three Philosophers that gets a 98 and 94 in style. Uh, Hennepin, which is a nine, gets a 96 and 95 in style. Uh, Abbey Ale which gets a 99 and 100 in style. And these are all pretty much Cezans or Belgian quads, depending on what, you know, all in that same, that same realm. Uh, they got one wit beer in here too, but most of them are Belgian quads and, and, and Cezans. Uh, they got the Rare Vos, which I think, a Rare Vos, which I think maybe I did have. I don't remember it though. Uh, it's got a 93 uh, overall and 98 in style. Uh, the wit, which is actually wit beer, and that gets an 80 and a 96 overall. Uh, Chocolate Indulgence I have not had, and that's a 94, and 85 overall. And then, uh, again, the Armageddon, which we did review, uh, that one has a 95 and a 93. I'm sure we did style. that one. I think you're wrong. Think, I'm positive we did I that. I think you're fake news on that. Now, go back and look. All right, I will. Look on our brewbloods.net site. All right. Search for I Armageddon. don't think we did Armageddon. It's, it's on there. Uh, we haven't done any non-Game of Thrones beers in there. And then uh, Belgian-style Pale Ale, uh, that gets a 95, and a 99 overall. And then the... 
Uh, Nomagong. Nomagong, one of my favorite beer names of all time. <laughs> yeah. That's a 97 and 96 overall, and that is a Belgian strong ale. And the Bend the Knee, uh, the description is, Bend the Knee pours a golden hue with a large, frothy head. Both the aroma and flavor mix maltiness and citrus from the hops, while Omagong's signature house yeast produces prominent fruitiness. Wildflower honey added during fermentation provides light sweetness to the beer, which finishes dry and firm with hop bitterness. Yeah, this is a 9% ABV beer, uh, no IBU on this one, and um, ratings. Ratings are not bad on this one. Uh, 94 overall and 92 in style from Rate Beer, 88 from Beer Advocate, and a 3.77 uh, on about 5,800 reviews from Untapped. Uh, a little bit below the pinnacle four that we always look for, but it's, it's still not bad. So, expectations for this one? Uh, my expectations for this one are... If it's got enough sweet wild honey and some other references that were actually made in there, wildflower honey. But, um, you know, if, if there's something that counters out the Belgian, for me, it's always you got the Belgian base. Sure. You got to have something gotta neutralize the Belgian. that neutralizes the the uh, the damn earthy tones of yeah. Belgian. If the it doesn't do that, then I'm not going to like it. If it, it does, it's yeah. possible. We talked about it during the American Monastic from uh, right. Clown Shoes. Yeah, you got to neutralize that Kwame. Got to get it out. Yeah, you got to, yeah. Kwame pops up every time Belgians yeah. are referenced. Because, well, yeah. Because he fits. Because he fits. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I am not expecting much from Omgong at this point. Uh, they tend to specialize in those uh, Belgian beers. Um, I enjoy the, the uh, Three Philosophers, though. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they have good beers I, I just, when they go away from their base. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say that the Game of Thrones, I think, have been pretty hit or miss. I would say almost more miss than hit. In general, I applaud them for making such a significant um, marketing decision and being able to capture that such a popular brand. That's awesome. That's really right. cool. I think it. Uh, I think it does nothing but help beer. I think they could have done a better. Most of them, they could have done better than they've done, other than the Fire and the Blood, which was really, really good. Right. Now, I will go ahead and uh, begrudgingly agree that we did not do the Amagong. Or the uh, Armageddon, excuse me. Armageddon. The Armageddon, yeah. Armageddon. Um, yeah. The, the the last one we did was the Seven Kingdoms Hoppy Weed Ale. That was episode that 49. Was last year. Yeah, and then episode 9 was the Three-Eyed Raven. So yeah, those see? are the two we've actually done. Who was right, this guy? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> All right, well, after this, we will uh, will we bend the knee to Armageddon? We will. Find out. We'll bend a knee. I don't know. I might strike up and stab him in the throat. You're going to bend a knee. Omegang Brewing is based in Cooperstown, New York, specializing in Belgian styles, which was the center of hot production before Prohibition. Omegang means walk around in Dutch. It is also the name in Belgium for various medieval processional pageants starting in the 14th century, some of which were religious and guild-related. Omegang started in 1997 by the owners of a beer import company and three other breweries, with the purpose of building on traditional Belgian style with a traditional Belgian farmhouse in the Susquehanna River Valley. They built their farmhouse on 136 acres of land that used to be a hop farm, the first farmhouse brewery in over 100 years. In 2003, the owners sold their shares to Duvel. Gang is currently distributed to 44 states, including Alaska and Hawaii, as well as to Canada and the Virgin Islands. They have won awards at the World Beer Cup and Great American Beer Fest. So the BJCP for a British Golden Ale. The overall impression it should be hot forward, average strength to moderately strong, pale, bitter. Drinkability and a refreshing quality are critical components of the style. Now, the uh, commercial examples include the Crouch Vale Burr's Gold, never heard of it. The Fuller's Discovery, never heard of it. The Golden Hill Exmoor Gold, never heard of it. <laughs> uh, the Hotback Summer Lightning, never heard of it. And others that I've never heard of. 
Now, to let you know, there was a little bit of uh, back and forth on what style this was. But I ultimately went with the one that Omegon called it okay. because I figured, you know, they're the brewery. But uh, if you look at either Rate Beer or Beer Advocate, they call it a Belgian Strong Pale Ale. And then uh, Untapped and Omegon called it a Golden Ale. So All right. I figured, you know, let's go with what Omegon calls it. Sounds good. Uh, the uh, aroma should be moderately low to moderately high. Generic. That's very generic. <laughs> it can use any variety of hops, floral or earthy uh, English hops and or citrusy American hops. Uh, will be the most common. Uh, frequently, there will be one single hop varietal. Varietal will be showcased. Uh, little to no aroma. Malt no aroma, caramel, I should say. Um, and we should, I'm sorry, before we get to that, we should talk about the bottle. This is very different from their usual bottle, by the way. Their usual bottle is is a see-through, typical brown yeah. bottle. This is a matte black bottle. Uh, I'm guessing it's, maybe it's ceramic. It's either ceramic or it's uh, glass and constant. It just looks a ceramic, label. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It, it almost looks like they just put some plastic over it, but it's yeah. hard to say. Can I make a random note here of no. the BGCP yeah, and sure. the aroma? Uh, I just think it's funny that they point out that it has little to no diacetyl. Um, do most beers have a diacetyl aroma? It depends on the beer. It's appropriate to some styles. Yeah, but I, I would say majority. Majority that, don't. That we've, it just seems like a very specific thing to point out that it would not have. If you're looking for uh, a buttery components. Yeah. Then you're probably looking for diacetyl, but I would right. say most beers that it should not be there. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's a weird thing to point out specifically this right. would not have. Which, by the way, for those of you, because we've encountered this before with uh, whoever it was, it, a good friend, <laughs> uh, there was definitely a diacetyl, uh, it was definitely a diacetyl bomb in there. Yeah. It was, was it Carbock? Uh, um, yeah, I think it was the Carbock. The Carbock. Yeah. It, it tasted like Pop Secret, like overly, like movie theater butter in your mouth. Right. That's diacetyl. Yeah. Yep. If you decide, it's generally considered an off flavor. Um, in, in some beer styles, it's acceptable, uh, but not very often. But that's my point. Yeah. It's generally a taint yeah. to a beer. <laughs> so to say this one does not have that seems eh, odd to point out. Sure. Anyway, Maybe, yeah, minor minor detail. I probably spent too much time on, but so, anyways, high aroma hop aroma is moderately low to moderately high, and that's quite the rainbow bridge of, de- of a description there. I don't, I don't get any hop aroma. Um, no, it's uh, it's very earthy. That's it's very Belgian. It yeah, smells. It, it smells like a Belgian beer. It smells like every other Omagong uh, beer, including the one we didn't do. Smells just like all of those. Yeah, true. That that uh, Omegong yeast they've got going on, <laughs> and just about every other Belgian out there. Uh, it's it's earthy but floral, um, sweet on the top, and very earthy in the back end. Right, an earthy. Bottom. Very earthy. Yes. Appearance uh, should be straw to golden in color, good to brilliant clarity, low to moderate whitehead. A low head is acceptable when carbonation is also low, and I will say this is one beer where the head just don't quit. Yeah, the, uh, the head is good size. It is definitely a golden color. Yeah. Um, it is definitely unfiltered and not clear. Uh, it definitely has uh, a lot of carbonation. You have that bubble effect that that uh, we mentioned last week, the uh, the bubbly aquarium look. It, yeah. it definitely has that. So I, I think it fits. And, you know, I, I just will say, if you want to go look on Instagram, we have put pictures of all of our uh, beers in there. Uh, this one is not clear, and the head on this is monstrous. Uh, we poured it, like I poured it to the side just in case, knowing that it would probably foam up, and it still was easily half the glass. Oh, yeah. And it did not recede for, I think we sat there for 10 minutes waiting for it to it was recede, a while. and it didn't recede at all. Now, it does say a low head is acceptable when carbonation is also low. Well, carbonation's high in this, and so the, the, head, the is head, head is high. So it makes total sense. Yeah, the, the head itself is quite quite white, quite pure white, and very puffy. Uh, 
uh, and a good size. Yeah. Yeah, and the head is uh, is very puffy and chunky. Uh, a lot of lacing on this. Very thick head, though. Very thick lacing. It's very thick and creamy looking. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a, an ice cream soda almost. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's see. The... So we're up oh, to uh, flavor and mouthfeel now, right? We are. Uh, medium to medium high bitterness. Hop flavor is moderate to moderately high of any hop variety, although citrus flavors are increasingly common. And the mouthfeel should be light to medium body, low to moderate carbonation on draft, although bottle commercial versions will Bread be higher. and biscuity. Stronger <laughs> versions may have a slight alcohol warmth, but this character should not be too high. I don't think I've ever heard the term biscuity, but biscuity it makes well, sense. It's kind of more of an English term, right? Biscuity? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, talking about sense. cookies, I guess? Light to medium body. Okay, yeah. Reminds me a lot of the Franconia wheat. Back in the day, Franconia wheat, to get really local on your ass, <laughs> is a lot sweeter and a lot less carbonation. This has the sweetness of the Franconia wheat, which is, and frankly, the Frank, the wheat is what Franconia kind of put them on the map. Uh, this is a hoppier the version The wheat in their dunkle. Yeah. yeah, but I'm, well, but I would say in this market, yeah. wheat really got them in the door. Yeah. It's really what uh, got them to the dance. And then yeah, the dunkel came in and just made a splash. Yeah. Uh, the this reminds me a lot of that beer, even not even not only in color but in taste. It's just got like a more acrid hop bitterness to it on top. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the other thing about it is being a Belgian golden. Um, I don't feel like it has near the earthy quality I would have expected. Not, well, not compared I mean, to most the, Belgians do have that. Not compared to the aroma mm, that do we do have that. We yeah, just, it, uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem to have that. Yeah, I agree. Um, very pleasantly surprising on that front, I would say. Considering I was based on the aroma, I was expecting just about every other Omagong beer we've had so far. Yeah, you're right. It it, it is a lot like a wheat. Yeah, uh, which which is strange. That's not what I expected from this. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, based on either description, the golden ale or based on the uh, Belgian strong pale ale, it definitely doesn't have that kind of that kind of flavor palette. It's got an interesting the the hop um, the hop palette here is. I don't want to say assaulting because that's that's too strong of a term, but it is yeah. very strong. It is very present on the back end, like the very the roof of your mouth. Sure. The hops are very very present there. It's sweet up front. It's sweet on the the bottom of your tongue, the bottom of your mouth. But the the hops are really they're really they're like acrobats stacking on top of each other, stacking asses. <laughs> I mean, they're really yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, combo of flavors in your mouth there. Uh, yeah, somebody said uh, taste is malty, honey, and hints of alcohol. Uh, yeah, I get I get a little bit of I get a little bit of honey in there. Uh, definitely malt, but I get more weedy uh, than I do anything else. I got to tell you, what I'm surprised by though. This is nine percent ABV beer. Yeah, I don't detect any alcohol in this beer at all. No, it's 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 scarily hidden. <laughs> <laughs> For it's, sure, this is very. I mean, yeah. this is much like a uh, hefeweizen or other wheat beers. Um, maybe a wit beer. Uh, in that it has that moderate, it seems like it would have that moderate strength, but again, we're talking about a nine percent ABV here, AVP beer here, yeah. and I can't detect any alcohol in this whatsoever. You know, one of the uh, descriptions from Rate Beer was uh, it taste uh, taste was sugary and sweet with apple, pear, and peach in the front, and sweet fruit sugar in the finish. I don't get any of that. Do you? I get fruitiness for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I get peach, apple. I can see. I get more cloves. It reminds me of kind of like, or um, it almost reminds me of Swisher Sweets. Uh, you know, yeah, the little I, mini cigs a little bit. I don't, I mean, I get a little bit of sugary maybe, but I don't get any particular fruity flavor from it. Really? Just, yeah. You don't I, get, I just don't. Really? You don't get like banana at all or? Uh, 
Not really. It's more. It's more weedy to me. Which wow. Okay. Is not, well, which is I, not fruity. See, to me, that's in there, and that yeah. this remind again. This reminds me a lot of the Franconia wheat, which is hyper local oh. in your ass. But um, it reminds me, it's got like a banana pear Clovis quality, and it also reminds me a little bit on the back end of Swisher Sweets, those little tiny cigarillos. Oh yeah, I'm it reminds me. With that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reminds me a lot of those on the back end. Just a little bit raw, a little bit, a uh, yeah. little bit ashy in your mouth, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Kind of takes you back to high school. Well, and. Funny enough, the, the finish up to this review is a uh, very mild carbonation, which hurt the drinkability. I don't agree with that. Mild? I mean, I got to say, I'm surprised. So I think it's. I don't think it's mild carbonation. It's pretty carbonated. It is very carbonated. But yeah. I don't think it's a problem. I will say we've been uh, we had it out for ten minutes waiting for the the head to recede, and since right. we've come in to the studio here, and um, it, it's receded to an acceptable level at this point. Right. Um, and it's quite drinkable now. And I have to say, this this beer is actually quite refreshing. Yeah. No, it is. This would be something, you know, if you're, you know, I know you have man servants that do this. Sure. But people that know what it is to mow a lawn or sure. do something hot in the summer, and you came in and you drank one of these beers, I think it'd be a very refreshing, you know, if you're not high end like Mark, who has like access to a pool and stuff like that, and you can dive into that. Sure. If you can't do that, if you could open up one of these beers, I think it'd be a nice refreshing end to a hot day. Don't tell me what I don't, I don't know what hard work is. I have. I, I get on the internet. I move money between accounts. I know what hard work is. <laughs> you know what it is to click. And I you don't know what it beer. is to work. Yeah. Uh, you know how it is. No, to no. I'm, I'm much like John Kerry. I like to uh, <laughs> read my statements. Or was that? It wasn't John Kerry. It was uh, other John with uh, Teresa Hines. No, Teresa Hines is John Kerry. Oh, that was Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was the John guy with the crazy wife that tried to run for VP. Uh, yeah. I, I see his face, but I can't remember <laughs> yeah. his name. He's been uh, so long, and he's been so yeah. irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. He's quite irrelevant. Right. Um. Yeah, scarily drinkable. This beer, a dr- uh, herbal, floral, uh, floral, herbal, floral, and grassy. Um, grassy, I can get. Yeah, I, I actually hops. get all of those three things. Yeah, I yeah. think the where I think where we're getting the Belgian um, earthy quality is definitely through the uh, the back end of the mouth. It's right. a, it's uh, it's quite drying in the back end. Very fruity up front, but drying that's in the back. Belgian. End. All Belgians sure. are drying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very champagne esque. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely it definitely pours like a like a champagne for sure because that head explodes doesn't yeah. recede as quickly as champagne does but it definitely pours like a champagne up front. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not quite as dry as a champagne. Yeah, but it's it's got those qualities. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So ratings, will you ratings. bend the knee to the Amagong Game of Thrones? <laughs> bend the knee, golden ale brewed with honey. Why honey. don't you go ahead and go first? Surprisingly good beer. Will I bend the knee to the bend the knee? Yeah, because this is a scarily drinkable beer at 9% ABV. Uh, I think that we didn't even talk about the honey that is supposedly here. Um, I think the honey maybe helps balance out, maybe adds that touch of sweetness that maybe makes it taste more like a wheat beer. But this is like, this is a this is a beer you could get drunk on very fast without oh, even yeah. realizing it. If you didn't know it was on 9%, uh, it doesn't drink like a 9% or anything above that by any stretch. It drinks more like a 6%er. Um, and I think that is an accomplishment for Omegong. It's also an accomplishment for Omegong <laughs> to, well, to, to use their common Belgian yeast to, they prefer Belgians, but it doesn't drink like a Belgian. It may smell like a Belgian, but it doesn't drink like a Belgian. And to me, that's a positive. Yeah. By far. Um, I think the carbonation could use a little bit of tweaking. That's a minor quibble just because it pours such a large head up front. And again, find us on Instagram, Brew Bloods, uh, and you can see that for yourself. Um, but overall, I would say this is one of their their more successful attempts. I think Fire in the Blood was a better beer. Um, I preferred the label on Fire in the Blood just because it was more 
They had the dragon on the front, breathing fire. That's cool. This just has kind of um, a royal shield on front, and it's a matte black bottle. It's, it is what it is. I think there were two beers produced this year, and I grabbed this one instead because it looked better. Well, they made three different ones, the same beer with three different labels. Oh, they did that's that what this it, okay. year. Yep. Gotcha. All right, so I think this is a most of their beers. I think this is the I think this is their number two Game of Thrones beer. I think this is a damn fine accomplishment. I think that once Game of Thrones is done, they should take this recipe and I think they should make it year round. Give it a different name. Yeah, this is a this is a really really good accomplishment for Omegong and for their Game of Thrones series. A standout by far. Going to give it a four out of five. Wow. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> uh, I'll start off by saying the guy you were looking for, uh, the name you're looking for, was John Edwards, uh, who was the guy who read statements. John Edwards. Pole, yes. But, uh, her, who, who criticized people who did that? So. Right. Current reference anyway, for all the kids. Yeah. You know, we're circa 2004 here. But anyway, so beyond that. Uh, this beer, this beer surprised me because again, Amagong, we only review them this often because they're associated with Game of Thrones. Right. Uh, I wish another brewery did it be- that had better styles. <laughs> That's just my own personal preference. But, but it, but it fits. It yeah, fits. It, it does. I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm. Su- I am surprised. Just to, as an aside, they don't go with a European brewery. Yeah, true. I'm yeah. surprised they went with Omagong, considering they're an American brewery out of Cooperstown. Right. But uh, whatever. That's an aside. Yeah. It's neither here nor is it there. Um. Again, it's been, we've made it very obvious, our feelings about Belgian beers. Uh, we talked about one just a few weeks ago with the uh, Clown Shoes beer that we reviewed. It's not my favorite style. I prefer, if you're going to take a Belgian base, that please hide it as much as you possibly can. And in fairness to this beer, I feel like they did hide it fairly decently. Uh, there's still the drying quality of Belgian beers. There's the grassy quality of Belgian beers. You're not going to get totally away from it in any of these, you know, Belgian-based beers. Of course, I don't expect them to 100% hide sure. it. But compared to just a standard generic Belgian beer, this is this is pretty good. Uh, they it has some nice sweet notes to it. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's a little overly carbonated, but. You know, it's it's a minor quibble. Uh, you know, too big of a head and takes a little while to recede. I'm not gonna not gonna deduct them. Too. I agree with you. They've made better Game of Thrones beers in the past. This is not their number one. The what was it? The blood and what was the other? One? Fire in the blood. The fire in the blood. Yes. Yeah. That was that was the best beer they've made uh, of any of the ones I've had from them. Yeah. And I I'd fully admit I haven't had all of Amagung's beers, but that was the number one I've had. This. As I recall from the Three-Eyed Raven, I think I liked it maybe a little bit more than this, but this is still... It was a dark Saison. Yeah, uh, which Saisons I've come around on. I, right. I don't mind Saisons. I, I prefer them to Belgians, so that would probably be my second. So this is probably the third best beer from them I've had. The fact that it is a Belgian beer, even though it's a better quality Belgian beer than most of them uh, out there, I still can't... I try to rate them in the category. Sure. I really do. Just like the one with clown shoes, I try to do it with within what it is. But to me, I've, I've had better examples of Belgian beers. This is not bad, but I've had better. So for me, just based on all the factors, the the fact they try to hide a little bit of the Belgianness, but it's still too present for me, and the carbonation is a little out of control, I'm going to have to give it a three out of five. Ooh, that's a rough rating. It's above average, but not not phenomenal. And Give I think that's exactly where it sits. A final score of 3.5 out of 5. 
I'm surprised you gave it such a low rating. Honestly, it's I. You must have liked it much better than I did. Man, I thought you liked it better. I really did. It, just based it, on what you were saying, it's fine. But I, it's, I understood the yeah. words that were coming out of your mouth, and I well, thought I, you, I really thought that you liked it better than that. I <laughs> I rated it based on the fact that uh, for for Omegong for the Game of Thrones series, yeah. I thought it was a standout. Well, man, I am just I'm shocked right now. It's, it's too Belgiany for me. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to go meditate for a few hours. Yeah. Sarah, you're sorry. You stay here in the hole, the media room, and uh, <laughs> just deal with it. Me and your passed out dog. My, hang out yeah, here. you guys yeah. can drink Belgians together. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm really shocked by that rating. Well, I really thought you would give it a higher rating, man. I, I'm. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I blew your uh, pantalones off again. Yeah, just cue the uh, <laughs> the sad piano from Charlie yeah. Brown. I'm I'm really confused right now. Well, hey, if you liked it, that's good. <sighs> well, if you like uh, listening to the show, we'd appreciate it if you have a. Uh, if you tell somebody about the show, somebody who uh, likes listening to things, podcasts, enjoys beer, tell, tell, I mean, make it your goal to tell Do a person. Do beer through your town. <laughs> you should literally, yeah, uh, yeah. during uh, the next July 4th, you should make uh, the ride through Hop the on town horse. on a horse with a podcast yeah. playing in your hand. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, like maybe make business cards or something from all yeah. town. If you're going to do that, let us know. We'll actually make the business card and send it to you. No, we won't. We're not going to spend that money. Okay. But well, you, you should make your business cards look like dollar dollar bills and you throw them up in the air so people think it's money. Yeah. But they're picking up a brutal as a recommendation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just got Mark's face on it. We would appreciate it. Instead also, if you're so inclined, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts on the old iTunes and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, if you have any feedback on the show, you can always uh, email us at brutalizedshow at gmail.com. Call us 469 beer or you can uh, check us out on all the social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those uh, networks. So you can uh, so find Peach us. dead? I don't know. Eh, F Peach. Okay. That's Fair enough. enough. Nobody likes Peach. <laughs> yeah. I never I never looked at it, so I don't know. All right. For uh, Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probes. Probes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.